I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Did you know that in the process of finding love, one of the most powerful things you can do is surrender. Surrender to the timing, surrender to your past mistakes, and surrender to the process. Today's guest is Coot Blackson, and he's a renowned transformational speaker and national best-selling author of the book, You Are the One. And Coot has a new revelation for us, a new book, The Magic of Surrender, a guide that will help you navigate through these challenging times. Prepare to tap into your true greatness and yes, find love. When you let go of the constraints of when and how, love will arrive in your life. Coot will show us how to dismantle the barriers that have held you back for far too long. Get ready to unlock the world of freedom and infinite possibilities, which is all on the other side of surrender. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Coot Blackson was born the son of the Miracle Man of Ghana, and by the age of eight, he was speaking to hundreds of thousands, and by the time he was 14 years old, he'd become an ordained minister. By the age of 18, his soul told him not to take over his father's ministry in the UK, and with a little over $1,000 in his pocket, he left to pursue his dreams in America. Coot has been recognized as a mindfulness guru that billionaires go to for advice by Inc. Magazine. He's been featured on The Larry King Now Show, Dr. Drew, NPR, Fox and Friends, Mind Body Green, and many more. The Magic of Surrender has been endorsed by Jack Canfield, Les Brown, John Gray, Anthony William, Barbara DeAngelis, and Martha Beck, to name a few. Coot's work has changed thousands of lives around the world, so get ready to be highly motivated and experience the transformative power of his depth and practical wisdom. It is my honor to introduce Coot Blackson to the show today. Hi, Coot. Hi there. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so passionate about your work. Tell the listeners a little bit about your story and how you were led to do the work that you do today. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I was a very empathetic kid, so I felt people very deeply. And there was always a part of me as a kid that wanted to alleviate suffering in some way. I didn't know what that would look like, but I would just feel people's pain and that my heart would go out in the feeling sense. People will often say I I had a bit of an unusual childhood. For me, my childhood was very normal, or so I thought. And I think that was the blessing because I didn't think anything that different about it. As an example, my first memories as a young boy that set the foundation for my life was I remember being a kid in Ghana, West Africa, when I went back there, lost in the crowd, thousands of people. And I saw this crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand, the gravel. This man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I would see miracles. Blind people see, deaf people hear, people stand up out of wheelchairs. The same man whose sand she picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, stand up. And he would he literally lay his hands on them and heal them. A person would come in with crutches and this man would walk up to this person and say, throw your crutches away and start walking. This man was my father. I grew up seeing these, these, these miracles, but I didn't think anything that unusual about it. it. It was just normal for me. And I think that was a blessing to grow up thinking it's normal as a part of my reality. My father built about 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. At its height, hundreds of thousands of people. He had a huge church in, in London, about four to 5,000 people every Sunday. 
he was a very spiritual, mystical, metaphysical kind of guy, a really unique human. When I was age eight is when my speaking career began because my father just threw me in the audience one Sunday and said, speak. And that began my speaking career. I don't remember what I said other than words kind of came through my mouth and I started channeling and every few weeks, every few months, every depending on whenever my father decided, I would speak every on the Sundays. That was interesting because around that age too, age eight, age nine, age 10, I began to kind of question life. Who am I and why am I here? And what's the purpose of life? And I'd look at people in my father's church who had nothing, weren't that educated and weren't wealthy, but had every reason to not be happy, but were full of joy. I got a scholarship to a school for free where a lot of kids were very wealthy and had every reason to be happy. And yet families weren't happy. I began questioning from around age eight, age nine as well, my passion for personal growth sort of exploded because I would sneak into my father's office on his bookshelf with literally a thousand books, everything from Eastern mysticism, Western mysticism, you know, Krishnamurti, Osho to Gurdjieff and Blavatsky and Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Marion Williamson, Chopra. This became my passion just to try to understand life. Who am I? Why are we here? What's the purpose of life? And so from a very young age, I started reading books. My first self-help book was by a woman called uh, Shakti Gawain, Creative Visualization, where I learn about the power of thinking and thoughts to, to shape reality. And that was a revolution for me. So it became a real passion. When I was 14, another pivotal moment that was foundational, I became ordained as a minister. My father basically announced to the congregation, my son is taking over my ministry. He is my successor. And we didn't speak about this. Unbeknownst to me, he made a decision and it was interesting because when it was announced, everybody was happy but me. There was something in my soul, something in my heart that knew that this was not my path, that knew that something wasn't in alignment, but I was too afraid to speak my truth. Like many of us, I allowed fear to hijack my voice. My fear was if I dared to speak my truth and be who I really am, I would lose my father's love, that I would be outcast by my community, I would be alone. I'd be abandoned. And so I said nothing. And so from 14 to 18, I went through an inner turmoil and questioning, trying to make myself be who I thought people wanted me to be. But when I turned 18, I was so conflicted and miserable that I looked into my future and I had to make some decisions. Was I going to go to university? What was I going to do? I chose the unpopular choice to not go to university because I figured if I want to help people with life, I have to live life and learn from life. And so I decided I'm not going to go to university. I looked into my future and I saw that I could take the expected path, take over my father's church, become a minister, be successful. But if I don't have myself, if I don't have my integrity, what kind of success is that? You know, that you can't be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not living someone else's life. And simultaneously, I felt my soul calling me to come to America. I wanted to go into the field of spirituality and personal growth because you know, all of the authors I've read about as a kid lived in Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, mostly in Southern California. And so for me, this was the Mecca. It felt as though my soul was calling me to come to America, come to Los Angeles specifically, and find these people. When your soul guides you, you better listen. That's right. When your soul guides you, it's not always convenient. It's not always comfortable. 
doesn't always make sense to your logic or your mind, but I really believe that if you follow your soul, you will always end up in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing, even though the route that you take may not be the one that you most expect. I renounced everything. It was terrifying. It took me four years to muster up the courage, and I told my father the truth. I'm not taking over. It was the scariest decision of my life. It was a moment of surrender for me. We didn't speak for two years. And that was incredibly heartbreaking, incredibly difficult. But I knew that it was bigger than me. I knew that if I didn't follow my truth, I would be betraying myself. And to betray myself felt like a living death. And so I, I listened. I ended up winning a few months later. Literally, I ended up winning a green card in a green card lottery. And that's what enabled me to come to the U.S. legally with two suitcases, $1,000 in my pocket, you know, in the country. And at 18, as a kid, I landed here and I went and found many of the mentors, the teachers, the authors I'd read about, studied with some of them. And then a couple of years later, I wanted to go deeper and, and I started traveling the world in search of answers. I went to Israel, studied with some rabbis. I went to Thailand studied with a few monks, I ended up in India. And it was my time in India that really cracked me open to another dimension of reality. And it was very powerful. That's when I came back to America as a young man and began coaching people. And one person, another person, out of the pure desire to help, I created my own way of working with people. People started coming from around the world and life changed and then it grew just organically into small groups and larger groups and larger groups and then two best-selling books and here we are that's amazing so you came to america you only had twelve hundred dollars but you were open and you got that green cards what happens is people stop the miracles from coming because yeah. they're they don't listen to their soul or they don't take that risk or they're just closed down is that true life has a natural flow and I think when we follow the natural flow of life, then life in its own intelligence knows what we need and how we need it. Like if you cut your finger, there is an innate intelligence that knows exactly how to heal you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to manifest anything. And so I think when we are in the flow of our soul's truth, when we are in the flow of what is authentic, we are living in harmony with nature. And nature supports the manifestation of itself. Many of us, we have a vision. I believe that encoded in your dream and vision is also the seed for its fulfillment. The challenge is often when we're given a vision, we start questioning, well, why and how? And, and then we end up getting in our own way and not taking action. And as a result, questioning, analyzing, controlling, not taking action, trying to figure everything out. And that's when I think we block the flow of life's manifestation. I always invite people to feel the, the impulse of life. Feel it, feel it, feel what you're guided, feel what your soul is guiding you to do. And what I had to learn was to not question, to not question why and how and what does it mean? The ego mind is constantly trying to question everything because this is a form of control. We think if I can question and understand everything, then I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be in control. Control is an ego's way of trying to keep us protected and safe. It's well-intended, but it's limiting. That's when we get in our own way. So I had to learn through trial and error to stop questioning. 
when I feel a resonance, when I feel a guidance, turn left, go here, call that, do that. I don't question. I just go. I, I just go. So I tell people, you don't have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be. There's something inside of you that knows. Follow that. Don't question that. That intelligence knows. And when you follow that intelligence and you allow life to lead you, you are not creating from the limitation of your logic or your conditioning or your personality or your mind. Because the, the inspiration and the guidance is arising from a deeper dimension than your logic and your human self, your manifestation is not limited to your past conditioned personality. That's when the miracles happen. Because miracles don't fit your ego's paradigm, linear logic. It's infinite. I just had to learn just to listen. So now these days I'm guided. Turn left, turn left. People often say, well, why? I don't know. I don't need to know. But often what you find when you take the step, life reveals to you the next step. When you take the next step, life reveals to you the next step. And then your life and manifestation and dreams are revealed to you in the process of living life itself. One of the greatest ways we block ourselves is we try to figure everything out. You can't figure everything out about your life from your current lens or your current level of evolution. It's impossible. And the truth is, if we don't take that first step, we don't go on the journey. When we don't go on the journey, we don't learn, we don't grow. When we don't grow, we stay stuck. But when we take the step, we grow, we learn, we evolve, we become more prepared. We cultivate the mental, emotional, spiritual muscles. When we take the step, we grow, we learn, we grow, we evolve. Life is able to give us more because we're able to handle more. And that's the key. What happens to people is they get disappointed and they have these failed relationships and then they become paralyzed and stuck. You say thank those people because they took you higher. They made you stronger to go to the next phase. Thank God whatever you might believe. Thank God for the prayers that weren't answered. We often thank the universe, like, thank God for the things that weren't answered, because that is grace. That is a blessing. The challenge is when things don't go according to plan or relationships don't work out how we thought we wanted, we're often not able to see the deeper unfolding intelligence in that moment, because our ego is very limited. We just want what we want, and we see what we want. So I tell people, when relationships or situations don't go according to plan, step back, get curious, and trust that life is conspiring on your behalf. Life is orchestrating things on your behalf. And if it's not that person in a relationship, it's some something or someone better. So step back, get curious, and stay open, and stay available. You know, there were many things or relationships, if, if, since you mentioned relationships, if everyone here, you think back to a past relationship decades or years ago, and you were in love, you thought you met your short soulmate, you were sure you met your soul, this is the one, turned out not to be, and you were devastated. They wronged you, it was bad, it, it didn't go according to plan. But now you look back a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years later, and you're like, thank God that didn't work out. It was a blessing. When things don't work out, I tell people, don't sweat. The meaning as to why you're going through that experience will often reveal itself later on. It's never easy when we've been in relationships that are difficult and challenging, especially those that challenge us, those that hurt us, and those that 
are difficult, but I believe that every experience is served, every relationship is serving our growth and evolution. Let's take a step back. We are souls. We incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, to grow, to evolve. Life is a university for our soul's evolution. Every relationship, every experience, every heartbreak, every difficulty is really part of the curriculum in the school of life. Life is a school. If that is the case, then the purpose of life is growth and evolution. So regardless of what happened in that relationship, regardless of what didn't happen in that relationship, the key thing is this. Don't just focus on the relationship and the person. Otherwise, you might stay bitter. Focus on what is my soul? What was my soul seeking to learn from that relationship? What was my soul seeking to experience and understand about myself? What is the lesson for why I attracted that relationship into my life? Because if you learn the lesson, regardless of what happened, the relationship was not a failure. The relationship was always, will be a success if you learn the lesson for why you attracted that person into your life. In relationship, you attract to your person that is a mirror manifestation of yourself. Let me repeat. In relationship, you attract to you a person that is a mirror manifestation of yourself. The mirror doesn't lie. Relationships are a mirror. Do you like what you see? What most of us do, we point the finger at the other person. They did this and they did that. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then we stay bitter and we stay paralyzed and we stay a victim and then we stay closed because I, there's no love out there and people are bad and da, 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 da. And now we're contracted. Doesn't serve you. Doesn't bring you freedom. There is no relationship out there. It looks like a relationship out there, but the person that you manifest, you attract in your life, reflects to you aspects of yourself that you most need to heal, make peace with, embrace, integrate, look at, learn how to love. You are in relationship with an aspect of yourself that is projected out there in the form of the person you attract. Do you like what you see? If you don't like what you see, you can point the finger and blame. Maybe you're right. I'm not saying you're not, but it won't bring you freedom. If you want to be free and shift your experience, you have to be willing to first take responsibility, learn the lesson, look at the mirror. And when you're able to do that, you will start to transcend the experience, change yourself, heal yourself so that you can attract to you in life and in relationship someone that reflects who you truly are. And so look at the relationship that you just had and ask yourself, what does this person reflect to me about myself? And what do I need to change and heal within myself so I can attract a different reflection, a different person, a different mirror? I think that's the key if you're going through that. And yes, it's hard in relationship when you feel as though someone has betrayed you, someone has cheated, someone has abandoned you. And you're right. I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying, if you want to be free and attract something different, you have to shift the focus. They cheated on me. How am I cheating on myself? They're not committing. Where do I not commit? How am I not committed to myself? I think when we can look at that and be honest about the reflection, we can't change the other person or other people, but we can change ourselves. And when we change ourselves, we will start to change who and what we choose and who and what we attract. But people create the same experience over and over again and keep dating the same people repeatedly. So how do we stop ourselves from doing this? How we stop ourselves is we have to be willing to take responsibility. 
you will keep attracting the same people in your life if you keep pointing the finger. It's him. It's him. It's her. It's his fault. And, and I said, you might be right. They did screw you over. It just won't shift you. All lessons are repeated until learned. So if you want to attract something different and someone different, you have to become someone different. And you can't become someone different if you're in victim, if you're in blame, if you're, if you're pointing the finger. Even if you're right. I'm not saying that condones what the other person does. I'm just saying if you want to be free, you have to be willing to step. How you shift and attract someone different is exactly what I said. What is this person attract, reflecting to me about myself? They're cheating on me. How am I cheating on me? Where do I cheat on me? What in me attracted this person? Well, I don't want that. But the mirror doesn't lie. It's like getting on a scale. You get on a scale and weigh yourself. You weigh 132 pounds. And you're mad because you want to weigh 118. You take the scale, throw it out the window. It doesn't change the fact that you weigh 132 pounds. Relationships are simply feedback. That's it. Do you like what you see? If you don't like who you're attracting, change yourself. Shift yourself. Heal yourself. Number one, take responsibility. Number two, look in the mirror. Number three, ask yourself, how do I cheat? Number four, ask yourself, what is my soul seeking to learn? What's the lesson here? Maybe the lesson is realizing all the ways that you have not valued yourself, all the ways you have not truly honored and valued your worth, which is why you your energy drew this person in as a corresponding energy of someone that didn't value you to show you where you weren't valuing you through this experience. If you can see that and go, oh, I'm not going to make it about the person's you know, cheating or whatever it is anymore. I'm going to have to own, I am not valuing myself and what I'm bringing. This is being reflected to me in the way my partner is showing up. Since I can't change my partner, I'm going to learn how can I profoundly love myself? How can I profoundly accept myself? How can I profoundly heal myself to learn how to love myself and give myself the love I didn't get so I can fall in love with myself deeply? Because when you do that, you will shift your energy. And as your energy shifts because you start using this experience as feedback to transform yourself, you will vibrate at a different energy. You will attract different people that can see you and love you. And you will start to Choose people that can see you and love you. And that's how you shift the dynamic. That's how you shift the cycle. And that's how you attract a different person. How great would it be to find the love of your life, the man of your dreams? Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take 
take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it, and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. The love is always inside of you. And I love this because you talk about this in your book and you had a experience where you were helping somebody and you said, are you putting yourself out there? Or are you pushing yourself out there? Are you content with yourself? Do you know that you have the love within yourself? And that person will show up if you just don't have this energetic of desperation or attachment. This is one big thing that you teach attachment to when and how it's going to happen. And when you can let go of that and show up. And I think I did that. I finally had surrendered, had to make different choices, had to realize the common denominator was me. Yes. I had to change. And when I showed up differently, I showed up as a person who was putting herself out there, but I wasn't pushing myself out there. And I felt that if they were the right person for me, they would rise up and they would show me. And I wouldn't have to worry about that. I could surrender that worry. And I think that was one of the most important lessons in your new book. I love that. I think that would speak to a lot of people listening. In relationships, people are putting themselves out there because they are coming from lack, scarcity, and a feeling of unworthiness. And when you put yourself out there in the world to get someone to love you, to get someone to validate you because you're seeking for someone's love, because you have assigned that you have to get love from someone else in order to feel worthy and validated, you will never be happy. The energy will always come across as desperate. The energy will always come across as scarce. And you likely you will attract people that treat you like crap. Or you will attract people that don't truly value you and see you because you are not seeing you. Because when you come from like, you are the source of my loving, I need you to validate me, then you're coming from a place of lack, scarcity, and need. You're not seeing your wholeness. You're not seeing your completion. And that's what you will tend to reinforce and attract to you. The mirror doesn't lie. Look at where you're coming from. Look at what's driving you. And when you start realizing in love and relationship that what you are, what you are is love. It's your fundamental nature. If you look at a baby and you born, they're love. They're just, they're, they're just love. They're just being love. Mm-hmm. But slowly we get conditioned. Oh, you're not enough. You need to get all A's. Oh, don't act that way. But I love you more if you act this way. And slowly we start getting conditioned and loving becomes conditional. So from childhood, we start thinking that love is conditional and love is something we need to do in order to get. 
And if I act a certain way, be a certain way, pretend to be a certain way, don't be a certain way, achieve a certain thing, then I'm going to get love. And love is a reward for being certain things. This is a lie. Love is not something you get, it's what you are. So now, from that misperception, we end up spending so much of our lives chasing love and wondering why relationships are hell. When you spend life or relationship trying to get love from another person, it ends up being a codependent relationship. You end up giving your power away so much, it will be hell. You have made another person the source of your loving. When another person is the source of your loving, you'll end up in a relationship where love or the relationship becomes a drug. I need you. I need my fix of love. To, so, so, so please give it to me. Who do you need me to be? This is where people end up losing themselves, betraying themselves. Who do you need me to be in order to, to get my love from you? Please give me my shot of love. This is not true love. And reconnect with that we are love. We are whole. We are perfect. We are complete. We are enough just as we are. But we feel peace. And from that peace, you become attractive. From that peace is when you magnetize and you attract a mirror that is able to see that. A life that is spent seeking love outside of yourself will be hell. But a life where you honor and value and love yourself and learn how to love those parts of yourself can become a heaven. That's peace. From that place, you can attract to you a person in relationship, not from need. Most people are in need-based relationship. I need you in order to fulfill me. And I'm nothing without you. Look at that quote from Jerry Maguire. You complete, that's not true. The Shania Twain song, you know, without you, there would be no sun and moon. Without, without you, like the sun wouldn't shine. We've been hypnotized into a very limited understanding of love. So most love is needy need-based, which creates so much friction and pain. Realize you are love. Love yourself. From that place, you will attract. You will attract to you a mirror manifestation of that wholeness. I think it's really hard to be open and let go of attachment. It can feel hard. It can feel hard, but pick your poison, right? Living in an abusive relationship where you're wanting somebody some person to love you a certain way, is that not hard? You know, living in an unhappy marriage for the rest of your life because you're afraid to tell yourself the truth and you're living life for your parents and the whole world, is that not hard? Betraying your soul and not sharing your purpose and expressing your gifts with the world out of fear, is that not hard? Lying to yourself about who you are, that's hard. Living, suffering, that's hard. We've just been conditioned so much that we think the alternative is hard. But living in pain and suffering and unhappy and miserable is hard. We've just got used to it. That's all. And so there comes a point where we have to choose. How much suffering do we need to have in a relationship? This no longer works for me. I must shift and transform. That's the moment of freedom. And that's why I ask people, what do you want more than anything else? Many of us, we don't want to be free because we've become so conditioned with our reality now. 
or we're so conditioned to believe that we are this ego structure. It's just conditioning. That's all. Because many times we have unconscious payoffs for staying stuck. Sometimes we actually don't want to change. We don't want to shift. We don't want to transform because we're afraid of the consequence of what will happen if I change. We're afraid of the consequence. Like if I really step into my magnificence, what does that mean for my relationship when I have a partner that is not? If I really go for my dreams, what does that mean for my job that I hate? And so many times we have unconscious payoffs for not changing and not transforming. So if you're someone listening and you're stuck, and I've been doing this for 20 some years, really helping people transform, and you say you want to transform, sometimes the first step of transformation is to accept and tell the truth to yourself that, you know what, I actually don't want to transform. Maybe we work we go to therapy, we do all this work to transform, but deep down, we don't want to transform because we have an unconscious payoff for, for, for not transforming. So ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? What is my fear of actually transforming? I'm afraid of what my parents would think. I'm afraid of what that would mean for my life. I'm afraid of being seen because I, I'm afraid if I put myself out there and I'm seen, then I'm going to be judged like I was judged when I was a child. So I hide myself. Even though I'm kind of building my business, I'm still one foot in, one foot out, internal conflict, I'm hiding myself. So I think part of where we must start is the willingness to tell ourselves the truth. What is the truth? I'm afraid. What is the truth? I hate my job. What is the truth? I'm not in love with my wife anymore. Scary. But just start with, if people are saying, well, where do I start? Start with the truth. The truth will set you free. I'm terrified. I don't want to change. I don't want to be free. Because as much as I say I want to manifest my soulmate, I really don't want to. Because maybe I'm afraid I will lose myself. So not being in relationship is a way of keeping myself safe and not losing myself, self-protective mechanism. Because I've been hurt before or because I've experienced deep loss in life before, as much as I say I want a relationship, I want a partner, I want to meet my soulmate, deep down I'm not available, I'm not really open because I'm afraid that I might open my heart so much and love someone and lose them because I lost, lost before that unconsciously I'm not available and open. Even though I'm reading 700 books on love, deep down I'm not open. This is where we have to be honest. Oh, the honesty starts with I'm actually not open to love. I'm actually not open to a soulmate. And here's why. When we can start being honest with the truth, that's when we can deal with the fear, deal with the block, and transform ourselves. And that's where transformation starts. There is no transformation without truth. We can start there. I'm terrified. I don't want to change. I don't want wealth. Sounds crazy. I don't want wealth, but I'm doing all these seminars on wealth. I'm reading about wealth. I'm launching this business. I had a client who had this issue. She was afraid that if she created abundance of wealth in her life, that unconsciously it would kind of mean leaving her tribe, her family behind because they were all stuck in poverty. And because unconsciously she wanted a sight, an emotional connection to them, she would always sabotage her success as a way to keep her poor because she thought that would be keep the connection. So we have to start by being honest with ourselves. What is the truth? We can start there we can begin to free ourselves. What lies am I telling myself? Begin there. 
There's no transformation without truth. I think online dating is probably one of the scariest things you can do. And there's a lot of growth in that pain. People rather listen to their limiting beliefs than to listen to their soul. I think the limiting beliefs is the ego just trying to protect you. That's all. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to fight it. Just hold yourself like you would a baby, like you would your pet chihuahua, like you would, you know, a little child. Just hold yourself because the ego's job is to protect you from getting hurt. And that's all the ego's trying to do. Oh, don't do that. Don't go in. It's just trying to protect you. So when you understand that, then you can learn just how to bring some compassion and kindness and gentleness to yourself. That's all. And that's where healing happens. Healing happens when you bring loving to those parts of you that were hurting, those parts of you that are scared, those parts of you that are terrified. So those limiting beliefs are arising. It's just trying to keep us safe. It's self-protection. So you don't have to push or force yourself. Symbolically, hold your own hand. Like if you had a child and your child was afraid of like crossing the road, you would have pushed them in front of the truck. You would say, hold my hand. It's okay. Let's cross the road together. And that's what you do when you're faced with some things that are scary. It's okay. I got you to yourself. I understand you're just, you're afraid of getting hurt and you're trying to keep me safe. So first you could say, we have to learn how to relate to ourselves. How are we going to have a relationship with someone else when we treat ourselves like crap? How do we have a relationship with someone else when we're talking to ourselves so harshly? So if we can start beginning to be loving to ourselves, be kind to ourselves, speak a bit more kind to ourselves. That's what you say in the book, got to manage that mind. Yeah, that's the foundation. It's the foundation. And I love the examples of the small steps. Greta Thornburg and Rosa Parks, their life's greatness started with the small step. Yes, exactly. And if you just take that small step, it leads to greater steps. There is power inside of us. We were not born to crawl in the mud. We were born to fly in the stars. There is power inside of us. And so if anyone's listening to this and they feel down, they feel hopeless, they feel afraid, they feel dejected, maybe feel like giving up, maybe feel like your life is in a dark moment. My life is so dark right now, Coop. I have been there. I have been homeless. I have been broke. I have been rejected. I have been spat at. I have been ridiculed in the pursuit of my dreams. I have been so heartbroken in love. I have lost best friends. I have lost both of my parents. And I'm still here. And you're still here. And so will you. And if you're in a dark moment of your life, just know that there is a power in the darkness. Because when all seems lost and dark in your life, there's no way you can look at for hope. There's nothing and no one to look at for hope. The darkness forces you to go inside. Because there's nowhere else. When life is good and things are great, all these shiny things around, you don't have to look inside. When all is lost and all is dark, it for life is forcing you to go inside. It's forcing you to connect to who you are. And if you, I promise you, if you go inside, you ask and you connect, you meditate, you connect, you will start to get in touch. You'll be forced to get in touch with an inner power that you didn't know was there because you didn't look. So there is a power in the darkness. Go inside and you will find an infinite power and strength 
of your being that is unbreakable and unshakable. But sometimes you can only find that when all is lost and all is dark. Is it the surrender that's the real freedom? Or how do you live in the zone of the magic of miracles that you talk about? Surrender, end of story, simple. Surrender is the password to freedom, let go. Surrender is not weak. Surrender is not passive. Surrender does take courage. It is a letting go of control. It is a letting go of trying to force life. It is a letting go of who you think you should be and what you think you should be. It is a openness and availability. It's courage. For those that think, oh, surrender is weak. No, it's not. The challenge is we tend to surrender where we've tried everything and all is lost. So now like nothing else to do but surrender. Why do we wait till shit hits the fan? Why not surrender from the beginning? So, okay, I'm going to live surrender. Everything is great. I'm going to live surrender from the beginning. Why wait till the end? All of the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, some of my childhood heroes, they all surrendered. They let go. They tapped into another dimension of their potential, and life was able to use them. God, the universe, was able to manifest through them, and miracles happened. And that's the key. Surrender. So for me, my secret is surrender. Today is a miracle because you're here and you are the one. I'm telling you, you're unbelievable. This stuff is so powerful. It's illuminating and it's transformed me. It really has. Thank and you. I hope it transforms everyone listening today. So where can people find out more about you? Number one, get the book, The Magic of Surrender. It's available on paperback version on Amazon. The paperback version has some updates. If uh, anyone's listening in, you're really inspired by today's conversation and maybe you want to go deeper. You know that you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself. Perhaps you feel ready to heal and transform and let go of your conditioning. Perhaps you're, you're ready to connect to your true power and share your gifts with the world. Uh, twice a year, I do a very special event in Bali. We'd love to invite you all to it. We have limited spots. We have a few spots left this year. I've done 20 of these events in the last 10 years. They're perhaps the most powerful thing I do. It's called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. 12 days with me in Bali will perhaps be the most life-changing experience of your life should you choose to do it. This is the last year I'm doing this event. And so if anyone feels inspired, join me in Bali. July the 28th through August the 8th is the next event. www.boundlessbliss.com bali.com that's boundlessblissbali.com you can find out all the info there my main website coot blackson k-u-t-e-b-l-a-c-k-s-o-n cootblackson.com instagram coot blackson facebook coot love now my podcast soul talk love it so great well thank you so much for your time today and changing me in such a profound way thank you And for now, this week, Shot at Love dating tips that are inspired by our guest, Coop Blackson. Number one, give thanks to the people that caused you pain. Every experience and every failed relationship has helped made us who we are today. Number two, people create the same painful experiences over and over again until they learn. Ask yourself what the payoff is for not changing. Number three, the starting point is to start telling yourself the truth about your life. And surrender is the gift where the real magic happens. 
hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit by helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.